When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we had a good look back over the Premier League weekend in the company of Tom Rennie. It's pithy, it's punchy. It, it's, it certainly <laughs> is. Uh, pithy and punchy. Uh, yeah, so you'll hear that. We had the World, Black, like pudding, World Black Pudding Throwing Championships took place uh, yes, this weekend. Yes, pithy, let's um, punchy. That's right, we told you all about that. And we had some uh, Clips of the Week pewter from 2005, which uh, hopefully you'll enjoy. And we had a bit of a chat, and you got involved on your uh, quite pitiful club loyalties sometimes. So, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And I know you kind of slightly painted yourself Mm. into an anti-tennis... Corner. uh, Yeah, because I I know you. You love sport. You love stories like this. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, after... Beyond all the bluster, um, you you are quite taken by this achievement. Of course I am. It's a fantastic achievement. I mean, I didn't watch it, but I was watching Rolling in it. I forgot it was on, actually. (laughs) Rolling in it (laughs) instead. (laughs) But I I, I think it's a wonderful achievement, and we'll we'll speak about that with Rupert and with Elisa. But I do think John Bruin is very funny. He was right about it. The number of people that made this about themselves, like Piers Morgan, you know. uh, He should have had the, really had the decency to say he was completely wrong. Mm. It would be a better Liam Gallagher. Ruben Colwell, the uh, footballer, he said he was inspired by Judd Trump says he was hoping yeah. to India Knight in the Sun. She was in the start on the Sun in the Sunday Times yesterday. She was going on and on about it, but then she says, I've been trying to work out exactly what it is about Radicano that made me feel so moved when I woke up on Friday morning to the news that incredibly she'd done it again. So you didn't actually bother to watch it then. You just, <laughs> you just thought you'd react to it. It's incredible. You're my whole piece on it. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't send her your congratulations via social media, Andy. You know, you didn't go for that? <laughs> I didn't, because it wouldn't be right. I'm not a hypocrite. Um, um, it's, it's great to know as well. Oh, the that... Romanian Olympic Committee. Yeah. What's it got to do with you? Well, Nothing. I mean, look look at the name. That's not the point. I saw a Romanian Romanian journalist saying, uh, we cannot claim her as our own, uh, despite everything. Now, um, it's it's actually good to know, Andy, all those years I used to come in when Mm. I was about five years old and I fell over in the street and I cut my knee and I had a little bit of blood coming from my (laughs) knee. What I actually had was a medical timeout. (laughs) It was good. So my mum would put a plaster on it. I was thinking, look, they have up to five minutes to do it and uh, in the scheme of things, it didn't matter. But I was like, how long does it take to put a plaster? If my mum took that long, I'd be sitting there saying, Mum, I want to go back out, you know, (laughs) my eyes streaming, my nose running, still crying, can't catch my breath. But knowing as soon as she's put that plaster on, I can go outside and play football again. You're you're in. Tremendous. But, uh, yeah, medical timeout after all those years, didn't realise. We'll we'll talk about all the games with Tom Rennie, but I must say, watching Sao Niguez, it was a classic welcome to the Premier League, Toto. Honestly, it was such a hard debut for him. Well, what was the hardest debut? of the weekend I'd say Emerson Royale up against uh, Wilf in his pomp yeah. is right well, up wasn't there wasn't easy it was a, a similar yeah. one I mean, I've seen them before Thiago Silva against West Brom he had a nightmare yeah. you know it happens I mean the Premier League is. it was it was funny in a way because you, you'd obviously watched the Premier League on telly but had never played in it mm. and suddenly just mm. John McGinn you know you don't 
get people like that in Spain that are right on you and yeah. right up you. you know, yeah, and exactly. It, you know, I thought Villa were good, but we'll talk about that. If you if you've got some tales of your worst debuts, we're we're happy to take them because both those boys, um, yeah, no, they're not in mm. Kansas anymore. So uh, talksport.com, text eight ten eighty nine, tweet TSHNJ. We are interested to hear from you this afternoon. On you, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this story to the weekend. I know that the national TV awards were last week, but I'm still reading the tabloids mm. on Saturday. In Compton, uh, of course, of oh, yeah, line of duty, yeah. he um, uh, he didn't stand up when Joan Collins took to the stage. Um, Disgusting, got, and um, <laughs> didn't clap um, because not because of Joan or her work, but simply because he hated Dynasty. Apparently. No, he really couldn't stand it. They were yeah, yeah the stud. He hated that film, but the reason was they were playing simply the best, and as a Celtic man, that's a bit of a Rangers anthem. So he wouldn't stand so up. Childish. Well, though. no, it, 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 it's, it's it, childish. It's not Andy. God, some so of the disrespectful to. Uh, no, actually, I know. I'm very childish. Oh, yeah. You're I, incre- I, I some react. of the things you've done I react in the to name the, of petty was, club loyalty. <laughs> I've written here, I can't understand why I always react to the goading of the away fans. It's, it's pathetic. You know when they sing, uh, where were you when you were bleep? Yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I, well, your team's bleep, I said, and my son's screaming. So what, as a one man, you answer every individual <laughs> yeah, call with a one man. Pathetic, really. Well, there they we are. Play. They played really well. I'd still, I'll be honest about this, um, <laughs> whenever I go through Gillespie Road Station, I think one, some people call it Arsenal, on the Piccadilly line, mm. I boo. I boo under my breath. I say under my breath, but I'll just sit every time I go through it, I can be on my own, just be sitting there and you'll just hear me go, boo. Just a little boo. I just have to get it out of my system. It's pathetic. But as Martin know, found is. the other day, you do things in the name of club loyalty. But, you know, I wouldn't have disrespected, no disrespect to Joan. I wouldn't have disrespected Joan. Uh, I must just get this in. We've had Can a I letter. i just give the details oh, yeah, out. Sorry. I must give the details out. Um, talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089, or you can tweet to TSH&J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J, to tell us uh, those uh, manifestations, the petty ones of club loyalty. You're probably a bit embarrassed about it, but be honest, we all do it. We've we've been honest. Martin Comston was honest. So uh, do get in touch this afternoon. We've had a letter, Andy, yeah? We had a letter from the wild, good people at the Wildlife Ark Trust in Constant in County Durham. And it's a sweet letter. It's a serious letter about uh, the red the decline of the red squirrel. But yeah. <laughs> Somebody's written to us about the well, decline listen to, of the listen red to the squirrel. Say, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's funny. Okay. Dear Paul and Andy, we realise this is not the normal type of topic you cover on your show, but we thought because of the respect with which you treat tinsel... You must be animal lovers. Mm. Yeah, it's a sound effect. You do know that's not don't, a real turkey. Don't say that. The kids will get upset. <laughs> yeah. It's not a sound effect, kids. It's anyway, a real turkey. The, the, we wish you well with your thing, but I'm not quite sure it's what we will be covering here on Talksport. But it's, it is a serious story. But shouldn't thank we, you anyway. Shouldn't we talking about letters? I should thank uh, Tony Sheak, who has written to me from uh, Scotland, um, and uh, he was a big Dave Mackay fan back in the day, and he's found an old Tottenham yearbook from the mm. 66-67 season which he kindly sent me. He said, I always listen on a Monday uh, when Chelsea, the England cricket team, uh, have had a stinker to hear Andy's rant. Well, he was... Uh, he, he was, you know, last, quite time last year, I would have had a rant. I was you, right what I said about Romelu no, you Lukaku. Were. You were absolutely right what you said about uh, Lukaku. You said, you know, he'll make the difference. He'll put the chances away. In games like that. Yeah, know, it gives Chelsea the edge. That's why you pay the money. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Wow, some of your petty club loyalties, they're incredible. Um, you've got the, the kind of straightforward ones, like I don't listen to anything by the Proclaimers as they're Hibs fans, and I'm a Hearts fan, says Carter. But uh, this one from uh, John, every time I drive up the Aston Expressway past Villa Park, I stick my fingers up. I can't help it, says John the Birmingham City <laughs> fan. And um, what about this one? Uh, where's that one gone? Uh, boom. Yes, um, every time me and my mates go on the train to an away trip to follow Plymouth, the train stops at Exeter both ways, and one of us has to get out and use the toilet <laughs> as the train is stopped. <laughs> Why? Well, because it's it's a sign. It's 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 a symbol of their feelings to, about Exeter City. They have to use okay. the facilities, and then we have to. One of us has to rush back onto the train before it leaves again. It's become some kind of ritual, says Rob, the Plymouth fan. Keep those coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. Tom Rennie has joined us in the studio. Tom, we're going to take a whistle stop tour of the Premier League, mm. uh, the Premier League weekend. Try and get, get through all games. We, maybe we'll just work our way back. Should we start with uh, Leeds Liverpool? yesterday, which of course was overshadowed by that injury yeah. to uh, Harvey Elliott. But um, we'll come, that's something we're going to come back to a little bit later on. But beyond that, as a game of football, what did you make of the two sides and what does it tell us about them? I was working on the game yesterday and I thought the first 25-30 minutes were just so great. They were mm. so great to watch. They had that real swashbuckling Bielsa thing about it where for the first 20 minutes in almost every game that his teams play, they do that one-on-one thing and they can compete, they can compete and then suddenly you realise that it's Stuart Dallas trying to mark Sadio Mane or it's Pascal Strout trying to stop Mo Salah it does work until those individual talents show their individual talent right mm. um, Rodrigo should have scored if that goes in totally different game mm. they, they carved them open superbly well all came from funnily enough something controversial later with the Harvey Elliott thing the referee let a challenge go on Mo Salah from Calvin Phillips last year that would have been a free kick it wasn't given we get a great attack from it. So mm. there's the positive of this whole new thing they're doing. Yeah, some um, of it's a bit minor. That yeah. one in particular, I thought, was, that was a foul. You've got to give fouls when they're fouls. I know, yeah. I know what they're trying to do, but some of it you look at it and go, it's ridiculous. After last season, I think the Leeds fans probably enjoyed Mo Salah not getting a soft decision from the referee. Mm. Um, but and he, he was getting booed roundly throughout the game for that, I think, anyway. But... Liverpool, from the moment they scored, and the goal was fantastic. You know, we talked a lot last year about the absence of Van Dijk, the absence of Matic, the absence of Gomez, the way Matic brings the ball out, the way he links to the, the mm. Alexander-Arnold, the run from Mo Salah, the finish. Sensational goal. And that 20 minutes from the goal to around half-time, that's some of the best football you're going to see from anybody this season. They could have been 2-3-4 up. The Thiago goal that was disallowed rightly, the Mane open goal. Liverpool were great. Leeds held on. And then, of course, from the sending off, it became a bit of a... A non-event for a Leeds while. He's defending, though. Defending for the saying. Oh, you wonder if they can have a few problems this season because it just wasn't that clever, was mm. it? And no, I think it... you're right. And, and who's who's covering that defence as well? Look, Liam Cooper, I know that um, some Leeds fans call him League Two, right? Or League Two Liam, I think they call him, some of them, because he's just... <laughs> You know, it's a bit disparaging. You know, uh, you know, a bit. The, the hardcore <laughs> yeah. Leeds fans. You know, some Leeds fans will love that. Others will hate it. I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, you can you can tell that he struggles at this level. Lorente, I think, is their best defender. When he went off, they struggled. You know, there's lots of issues there. I'm not sure about Junior Firpo on one side. I like Luke Ayling, but can you build defence on Luke Ayling and Diego Lorente? I'm not sure. Well, Luke Ayling's a, a new man. He admitted Bielsa's got him fitter. He said uh, it used to be about nine o'clock in the evening. I'd get the munchies and I'd think, oh, should I have a bowl of Frosties or some Cocoa Pops? <laughs> Uh, but I don't do that now. That's the Bielsa effect. What does he do instead? What does I he have instead? I, he probably has a quinoa. F- <laughs> he doesn't eat anything. He abstains yeah. because he knows Bielsa's going to be out there with the old pincers. Bielsa's probably standing at the kitchen window, observing. <laughs> he, probably he goes is. around every player at night. Yeah. He probably goes, yeah, goes shopping in Weatherby to see what <laughs> what he's been buying. <laughs> a um, great moment at the end of the match. Bamford's incredible effort. They deserve something out of that. Yeah, what, the old shot. Yeah, yeah. It was a corker. There was a few it? this weekend. There was the Ivan Tony one as well. Tried that oh, in yeah, the game. Yeah, I mean, you want them to go. I loved in the the Leeds game though, where you. 
could see Alison was like, I'm not worried. It's going to be fine. I'm not worried. I'm very worried. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. It, it, it that was, was great. a good save. Um, Chelsea Villa, uh, Andy was saying the other day, I'm just hoping Lukaku is the man who makes the difference in those moments where you don't put your chances away. He could be the difference between winning and losing. Mm. Sure enough, he was absolutely right because that there wasn't a lot between the teams, was there? No, I think that... The Villa were probably the better team across the 90 minutes. Collectively, they played very, very well. There's some brilliant individual performances from Villa, but they firstly came up against the goalkeeper, Amendi, who I think mm. is right up there in the mm. Allison-Edison conversation for brilliant goalkeeper. I mean, the one that was on the, the highlights reel was the double save he made from Mings and Concert. The one he makes from Watkins, low down to his right, he's six foot six. Oh, yeah. And he got down to say that. Yeah. It, was, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think that... Chelsea don't look the same team when Mason Mount doesn't play. I think they got a lot of freedom Villa in midfield without him playing. And of yeah. course, Saul, I'm sure he's going to be good. We all know he's a good <laughs> footballer, but that was a diabolical debut. He looked really Paul, bad. I don't quite understand Chelsea because we, I knew we needed four midfielders. You yeah. need four. You can't do with three for the reasons I said there. If one gets injured, you have to play the same two every time. Gilmore would have got games. He would have played Saturday. He played yeah. against Man City. For me, he's a better bet than San Luis, who's obviously got problems, didn't do well for Atletico last yeah. year. And honestly, I mean, he he had to take him off. It was a me. tragic debut. Like, it's it up there with some of the worst debuts terrible. I've ever I mean, really. watched. Really, really atrocious. I mean, even there was a part there was a part in the first half which maybe some might have missed, but John McGinn was running towards the penalty area and saying, oh, she's looking at him, like, as close as I am to you. And he's watching him and going... Mm. Oh, is this me? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it's you. Tackle him. Stop him. Stop the Scotsman. Yeah. And he never did it. Uh, but Chelsea, you know, the Lukaku thing is so interesting. I don't watch a great deal of Italian football, uh, but this is not the Lukaku that I last saw at Man United, that many of us, many of our listeners would have mm. saw, uh, seen at Man United. I think he is he's so deadly now. He's up there, as he claims to be, and I think rightly, in the Lewandowski-Kane conversation. Mm. You never felt with those two chances he was going to miss the third goal for Chelsea, his second, was proper Lewandowski gear. Like, mm. it was really, really yeah. good. And he touched the ball. Like, I'm not one for the, the heat maps and how many touches. Yeah, but watching the game, <laughs> 20? 22 Max. times, I think. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, let's have a look at... Uh, well, we got to maybe go... Watford. Uh, you want to go to Watford next? Because <laughs> he's doing it in chronological, okay, alphabetical, then. reverse right, order. Then. Yeah. Okay, then. Let's go to the Watford-Wolves uh, game. And, uh, yeah, should Watford fans be getting concerned? Um... Pre-season, I wasn't that worried about Watford, actually. Mm. I thought they would probably start best of the promoted trio because they look so defensively solid. You're not seeing that now. And, you know, that game finished 2-0. And it's a story we'll repeat with Wolves a lot, certainly in the first six months of the season. If they had someone who could score a goal, they could have been 3-0 up at half-time and won it by six. Like, they wiped the floor with Watford in mm. that game. Some mm. of the football is fantastic. It would have finished nil-nil if um, the centre-half didn't put the ball in his own net. Wolves were never going to score through their own profligacy. But... Um, Watford, I would be concerned. I think that they fi need to find a way to grind out some nil-nils, which normally you don't do till game 12. I'd be doing it from game five if I was them. And, and for Wolves, get a goal scorer, you'll be all right. Without that, well, you know, it's going to be a lower table My takeaway from this game was it was a shame that Wolves didn't wear their home kit, you know, their first kit, because it would have been a nice toning of yellow and old gold. <laughs> I'm looking at it from a f fashion point Make of view. Make it quite yeah. a tough watch, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was quite a tough watch anyway, so you might as well have done that for a laugh. Now, maybe it would liven up games you haven't got... Um... Oh, Huang scoring his goal. I don't know if you've heard the South Korean commentary, because he's basically on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. You, you think from it. the commentary, he's, he's volleyed it from... Th it's like a Tony Yaboa goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a corker, but well, obviously yeah, they, got ve excited. they got very excited. But look, he got off the mark. <laughs> Trincao was good. He's looked very good for them. He does look good. Very but, good. I mean, they needed someone to replace that creativity they lost with Pedro Neto and I think he's absolutely the same player yeah. and I'd love to see them all I don't know when Neto's coming back hopefully at some point this season but if he comes back in and they can get Huang scoring goals Jimenez back to form and they've got that trio of players behind that too it could be really interesting but it's going to be tough at the moment but if they do get it right Wolves could actually be a good second team for people to watch yeah uh, let's have a look at Brentford uh, uh, versus Brighton mm. uh, last minute uh, winner well beyond last minute mm. winner but uh, again you know Brentford had enough chances uh, and Wayne had good, a good few chances yeah. they've just got to start putting some away haven't they Joe, so interesting this weekend post game Thomas Frank and post game Cisco they both said broadly similarly that the difference between the championship and the Premier League is the boxes what happens in the boxes take your chance in the boxes mm. um, and it's so evident in those two games we're referring to and, and, and they should have scored two or three Brentford and Buemo should have scored a couple and didn't but Leandro Trossard I think he's so good I think I talked about Brighton last time I was here and how good I think they are defensively sound midfield is strong and offensively they've got a player here if he can do this consistently he'll do it and disappear for five weeks that's what's mm. happened for a couple of years yeah, yeah. but his ball control is fantastic his speed is fantastic and the way he doesn't just take 
take that shot. It's very similar to Jesse Lingard's goal for Man United. Mm. He waited, he waited, he waited, mm. he put it in. I think he's fantastic, and Brighton look very, very Nine good. Nine points for Brighton, it's, it's impressive. And, yeah. uh, ever since he grew that beard. It's the beard. I was going to say it's the beard. I've got a moan about the league. I don't understand. I bumped into a guy coming out of Chelsea who'd been to Brentford and Chelsea, mm. but he'd had to leave 10 minutes before the end to get to Chelsea on time. And then I'm definitely sure there are people, in, it's the same part of West London yeah. virtually, you know, mm. that, like me, have got tickets for both. Why schedule both home on the same weekend? Are you mm. saying we should create the schedule for no, people who support for, two teams? I just think if you've got two <laughs> for the teams... disloyal. No, if you've got two teams in the same area... Yeah. Fans could go to both. Why would you schedule them mm. both at home in the same they weekend? Tend, they also tend not to do that because yeah, you know it's traffic. Very strange. Well, yeah. do you know what's funny about that? Because next weekend or the weekend after, Man United Villa has been moved to twelve thirty to accommodate the Cortinas gig at the Cricket Club. Oh right. So it was going to be at three o'clock, and it's now gone to twelve thirty at the same time as Man City. It's not on TV, so they do do that for the Cortinas. Manchester's Premier Band, so I'm told. Uh, but, but they won't do it for you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The pettiness of your club rivalries knows no bounds. Stu Brumhill says, uh, I won't have any blue bleach items in my toilet. Green toilet duck only. That's the level of his old firm mm. allegiance. <laughs> he won't have any blue toilet cleaning items in the house. Uh, Martin Compson will be chuffed with that, so keep those coming. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. If Richard Masters from the Premier League is listening, expect Andy outside your HQ in a half Brentford <laughs> kit, half Chelsea yeah. kit, bit like Tommy Cooper, as we were saying, Back yeah, in the day, that's right, yeah. and he'll be st- with a placard saying, uh, short out, sort out the schedule." That was close. Uh, Tom Rennie is with us. <laughs> Could you send your like train schedule to the Premier League to see if they can get it right? <laughs> yeah, let's see if you can. Do make... a little Google map from your house Could... to where you want to be. Could they send you one of those Virgin bikes that Adrian used to get to the England games <laughs> that get you between the two games? Because it is really all about you, Andy. Well, that's right. Uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle. They were slightly lambs to the slaughter. And there was that yeah. little period when Newcastle got back into it. Thought, are oh, they going to spoil the party? But uh, I don't know look, about you. Though. I was walking to the ground on Saturday and looked, Which check, one? check my phone. <laughs> check my phone and saw he'd scored and you just start laughing. I mean, he's, yeah. he is ridiculous, yeah. isn't he? he is. Yeah. I mean, the, the, in the, the top of the show, they were saying some people suggested his first goal was lucky, Tom. Yeah, if Jimmy Greaves was lucky, if Gary Lineker was lucky, yeah, he yeah. was lucky. It was It's right place, right time. That's a mark of a great player. Yeah, it's true. There was an element of luck to it. He's very lucky that they were down to their third choice goalkeeper, Newcastle, and, and Freddie Woodman had an unbelievable stick. Mm. At Old Trafford, he, he was mm. pretty atrocious, but also Ronaldo thought he's going to drop this, yeah. and he runs towards the line and pops it in. You know, people make a lot of uh, a lot of goals in those kind of scenarios. There are a lot of players that just will stop. Oh, he saved that, and keepers spill things. They yeah. always do. His incredible instincts, incredible talent, incredible experience is why he scored that goal. You know, they don't have to be one is true and one is false. It was lucky, but it was also a great piece of striking play. It was a great story. And we watched it in the green room before before we was all on. And I thought, you know, everyone celebrated. Everybody. Everybody enjoyed that goal, mainly because the entire nation put a bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know yeah, we all yeah. made 20 quid off that so thank yeah. you Cristiano well I had, I had um, Manchester United first leading first half and second half and I thought I'd blown that part of the bet <laughs> yeah. but of course they scored right at the death so he got me out of a hole there but yeah I mean it's interesting Andy Goldstein's reaction when this story first emerged was I was saying do you need him you got Cavani he said Cavani's injured a lot Cavani's injured at the yeah. moment I oh, believe different. so he is going mean, to tell you what is he's going to miss I, games I, I made this he? observation that one thing that people talk about Messi and Ronaldo but one thing Messi will never be able to say in his career I did it in England yeah I mean look I hate the the Messi-Ronaldo conversations that happen but I think that's a a worthwhile point to say that Ronaldo Mm. has never shied away from making a brave move and at this point in their careers Lionel Messi went to the sixth best league in Europe to win the league at Acanta. Ronaldo yeah, was like, exactly. should I go to Man United who are fourth favourites to win Much the Premier League? Challenge. Yeah. Huge challenge. But, you know, Newcastle played quite well. I do want to make that point that Newcastle played reasonably well. I know Steve mm. Bruce gets so much grief from the, yeah, from the kind chances. of local, the local press, certainly. I had a go at him for going to Portugal for a few days. You know, and he said, what else was I going to do? I had six players. Mm. Uh, but in general, despite all their obvious issues... I think they played reasonably well, as well as could be expected. And if your keeper's going to throw a couple in the net, what are you going to do? Yep, fair point. It's really clear now that the games between the big four are going to be what counts this season because I think they, most teams will be swept aside by United. And it's well, the four is the four now, right? The yeah. four is the four. There might be a lot of one-ones yeah. as well. well I think so we felt that ones. before the season. That's yeah. one of the things we've learned. It feels like at the moment it's shaping up to be those same four sides. Then you've got sides. Everton, Leicester, West Ham, Spurs, you know... 
probably somebody else but in that sort of argument. Yeah, are they going to? Are any of those top four? I, no. I mean, you know, I'd love to be able to say, and I'm sure you would as a West Ham fan. Yes, we are, but I'm not altogether sure based on what I've seen so far and and what we have at our disposal that we're going to break the top four. So we look at Leicester versus Manchester City, mm. and always match up well with Man City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty tight in the end. I mean, he made changes with sort of Europe in mind. Did Pep? But, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, Bernardo Silva was one of the big talking points, a man who could have left in the summer. Yeah, it's an interesting story, Bernardo Silva, because he seemed like he's been going for 18 months. And mm. this happens a lot with Guardiola, when a player seemingly wants out of the club, he plays him, he overplays him. This is how you get into the team for Pep Guardiola. You just moan. You moan publicly. <laughs> if Ainsley Maitland-Niles was a City player, he got in the team mm. as well, just doing a post on Instagram about how much he's unhappy there. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, he didn't get his move away. And he is playing. He played incredibly well when I saw him last week. He scored the winning goal this week with another Ronaldo-esque instinctive finish. And they did push him real tight. And the, the only issue from this game that kind of annoyed me was they're not showing us those lines these days about offside. I'm still convinced myself that Vardy was onside when he scored that goal. I just wanted to see the proof. Hmm. I just want to yeah, see... I'm my, surprised at that. No one so shows I agree, us it. I agree with that. And uh, my takeaway from this was City's away kit. Is it some sort of joke that they look like Real Madrid? <laughs> <laughs> it's really odd, isn't it? And yeah. Vestergaard wearing 23, you know, Michael Jordan's number. You know, he's not quite that in that category of athlete, <laughs> is he really? But there you go. Oh, well. Um, what should we have a look at? Um, Palace Spurs, if we must. Ooh, yeah. uh, I mean, Ooh, yeah. it was a terrible performance by Tottenham. Great performance by Palace. Even before the sending off and all the other extraneous circumstances, Palace were just at it. They were at it from the very start. Yeah, Palace were good. I thought they were good against West Ham last week as well. I, I like the look of Conor Gallagher. We spoke about him before mm. and he was great against West Ham. Fantastic in this game. I, I think one of the great tragedies of the Premier League of the last 10 years is that Wilfred Zahara spent most of that time in trying to link up with Christian Benteke. Mm. Uh, and now he doesn't have to do that because Odds and Edouard exists. And within... What, 27 seconds yeah. of, of him that coming on? debut, wasn't it? You know, Zaha sets him up and he scores. You know, they, they were fantastic going forward. Though, of course, Spurs did what kind of Spurs do when they've had a good start to the season or a good run. They, they found a way to make all sorts of calamitous errors. Tanganga was going to get sent off the moment the yellow happened. You know, it's a bold call, but I think he probably could have been withdrawn and should have been withdrawn or at least calmed Difficult down by somebody. Such, I thought that, but then you realise it was such a short time yeah. between the two incidents. that He was so hot, though. He was so yeah, hot for that, I mean, for that time. I didn't well, have many options. Nuno, no, what about somebody on the pitch having a word with him? One of the senior Tottenham players yeah. calming him down. Someone like Hoybier or Kane. Or well, Kane just, seemed to calm him down mm. after the red yeah. at which point it seemed a bit of a waste of time <laughs> but, a bit but Spurs started the season being built on how brilliant Dyer and Sanchez have been right mm. next to each other at centre half to lose them two in a game like that and, and Palace were unexpectedly good going forward yeah. um, a lot of things came together but Spurs on the ball were, were just as bad as they were off it it is interesting though you've talked a lot about this over the years more about strikers in other divisions that could do well in the Premier League and mm. my Celtic sporting friend Dave Tully said to me Odds and Edward will score goals in England he told mm. me that two years ago yeah. you know? so it's interesting it's taken so long for him to get there and look, look at the impact and it's not a huge amount of money I mean the amount of people said oh yeah you can score goals in in Scotland, you know, like you know, uh, Virgil Van Dyke, he stopped goals in Scotland, but they didn't stop him being a good player down here, did it? No, that's a great quite point. Get that. I mean, people understandably do disparage the Scottish league for obvious reasons. The quality across it is quite poor, but if you end up the top scorer two seasons running in any division, you're worth a look. And he obviously knows where the goal is. And the first goal is absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. a brilliant brilliant finish to get the ball out of your feet through the legs in the corner in that situation brilliant. it's top quality yeah, yeah 15 million quid well spent you would probably think um, let's have a look at uh, Southampton Southampton West Ham Southampton West Ham that's a bit of a blow you've got Manchester United next tour yeah. as a West Ham fan and again that was a daft challenge it was right up there with Tanganga you know, yeah. it was a stupid challenge to put him on your he was wound up he obviously mm. wasn't happy with the performance or the service he was getting and he, you know, he just hit out Antonio didn't he this is is a, co a common conversation when teams kind of break through from kind of mid-table, lower mid-table and they become European contenders. Suddenly, the opposition treat you as such. Mm. Uh, and Southampton treat West Ham like a big team going to St Mary's and they planned to stop West Ham and they did it brilliantly, brilliantly well. They never really came when they didn't have the ball they were always 10-15 yards inside their own half there was no space there was no ball over the top there was no channel to run into they did a brilliant job on Ben Rama and Fornals and Antonio they shut them down all game fantastically well Antonio got frustrated mm. the first booking was some stupid wrestling that he did but in the 94th minute to put a challenge in like that mm. and there's no excuse like even David Moyes who I'm sure was desperate to defend Antonio post-match was like 
Yeah, it was a clear red. What could I do? Mm. He even put his foot up to intentionally kick the guy in pure frustration. It's such a shame because mm. next week <laughs> against Man United, mm. you know, West Ham aren't going to be in the menu conversation this year because the improvements Man U have made. But still, they could have landed a no, glove without him. It. Who is there? And there really is nobody. Yeah. Could have got Edouard. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Ralph Hassenhoodle mm. appears to have. Uh, <laughs> don't know your Hassenhoodle from your Hassenhoodle. He appears to have swapped his wetsuit for yeah. a sort of. Hack, he comes as Cricket di- no, he comes Dandy as, look. He comes as Christopher Plummer now from. Uh, <laughs> he's going to get the guitar out and start playing Edelweiss, I think. Really if it, in the next nine It was mil. annoying. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. He's stolen my outfit publicly. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It, but maybe like you, he had plans afterwards. Just going to another game. You know. Interesting that Brozier, another Chelsea youngster, doing well. Yeah. Certainly that academy. He is what he said in the Brozier, isn't he? As they um, uh, we haven't done Arsenal. We had, it, Arsenal, Norwich. Otherwise, Arsenal, we've done a lot. Arsenal fans of my acquaintance said to me in the last 24 hours that we just had to win. Yeah. I know it wasn't great. All we had to do was win. I was just pleased we it was won. a bit better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if you, everyone, everyone has to beat Norwich this season, right? That is the, bl- the blanket rule for everyone. If you don't beat Norwich, you are going to be in trouble this year. And uh, they struggled. They half, they puffed. They didn't create a great deal of chances. The goal, when it came, was somewhat fortuitous. But when you're as low on confidence as they clearly were, when you don't quite know how to play, when there was a kind of uh, an idea of, do we attack this? Do we defend this? Should we be thrashing these? Why aren't we thrashing these? There could have been real panic if they didn't win, but they did win. And as you say, that really is all that matters. I don't still think Arsenal are going to have a great season. I still don't think they're a good team and I don't think they have a good coach, particularly compared to, to, to the club they are and what they should have. But important win and look, beating Norwich. Norwich at home. Imagine getting Norwich at home in that situation. That mm. is... You know, people talk about Arsenal being a lucky club, and that's the luckiest draw they could possibly have got in that scenario, right? Quick one yeah. then on Everton, mm. Burnley um, mm. <clears throat> tonight, and Rafa made a decent start. I mean, he's starting to get the Going fans on side. Of no, he's done well. Like he, when, I always remember when Alan Kirby came to West Ham a few years ago, and he came in about 2008, and he bought all the players <laughs> that were top of the the uh, the annual of Premier League players in 2004, and that's what Rafa Benitez has done, right? He's coming in 2021, and he signed the best players of the Premier League from 2016: Andros Townsend, <laughs> Solomon Rondon. You know, Damari Gray was it thought of as a young exciting talent back maybe then maybe found an old Rothmans in an office that's somewhere. where it is <laughs> maybe, four year old Rothmans maybe he never had the internet in China I don't know um, but you know they started reasonably well they're a good team I expect someone to score a headed goal that's my only yeah, prediction that's right just lump on someone will score a header I'm going to go Calvert-Lewin first goal oh yeah I'm in a rich a vein idea. of form mm. thanks to Cristiano Ronaldo thank you Tom um, we will catch up with you soon thanks for popping in pleasure thanks a lot the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and uh, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. And um, Andy, I don't know if you noticed mm. in the game, but probably not. Uh, Swindon played Port Vale the other day. Mm. And uh, two goals for Port Vale by Ben Garrity. Now, I'm just wondering, there must be someone at the club, mm. but maybe an old kit man in his 60s, who's trying to get the uh, nickname Freddie away. And it's not, it's not quite <laughs> happening because no one knows who he is, probably along with half the audience. But if you're Ben Garrity, if you were Ben Garrity... <laughs> 40 years ago, you'd be Freddie in the dressing room, wouldn't you? Not these what days. What a strange act that was, Freddie and the Dreamers. Well, they were singing sensations. Why Why, why was it? Well, a, no, the we can argue about this now. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> 08717. Uh, we both noticed the same thing. People in the crowd at Old Trafford holding up these sort of entitled, you know, if it's your kid, really, don't let them do this. Please, can I have your shirt, Ronaldo? The kid's yeah. got the thing. Seriously, if I was Ronaldo and I saw that, I'd go deliberately go up to the kid next to him and say, you have it. Oh, right. Okay. The one who hasn't actually the kind done of that sort of love. entitled thing. I don't like it. It's not right. If you do ask, you don't get in the Andy it's Jacobs not, school. Not, what not. if somebody, what if our producer suddenly, because I know he, he thinks you're great, if he held up <laughs> a banner saying, please, Andy, can I have your shirt? What would you, would you, what would you do? Well, I'd probably let him fit him. <laughs> about the, we're about the same would. size, aren't we? Well, it probably, it's probably would, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, this, uh, I'm sure made to feel special at the weekend was the returning uh, Blue Nose, Troy Denny. That's Troy Denny. Did you see that? <laughs> no. In the club programme. Is that what they called Somebody him? got so excited <laughs> that uh, in a match their programme, they put Troy Denny. <laughs> I like it. Poor old Troy. And uh, a lot of people thought the Emma Raducanu thing was the most exciting thing that happened in US sport on the weekend. But mm. for me, it was the cat yeah. hanging from the rafters at uh, a unit Not from the college pat rafters. Not from the pat rafters, <laughs> no. no. It was unbelievable, really. The crowd got right into it. And, you know, it was a cat. He survived. That's what yeah, cats the cat, do. I, how did the cat... Well, the cat obviously got on the roof of a, an American sports stadium. Was it a baseball yeah. game or a football no, game? No, a college football. It was a college football game. Yeah, and then it Miami. fell off the roof, but it clung on to a sort of oh, yeah. like a piece of wire. Yeah. And he was trying to get back up there and he, he just couldn't. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sounding it like Tommy Cooper. I don't know. But he hung off. 
and then he, <laughs> but then they held an American flag, didn't they? The people below the cat yeah. held an American flag and yeah. caught the cat. Tremendous. And, but then held the cat in the air triumphantly. Imagine how scared the cat was. Probably, I mean, it would have been quite yeah, terrifying. Probably over it, it by now. It <laughs> Pray for the Bit cat. Of cat food. And then you noticed uh, this uh, incident in a Cameroon T20 international. Oh, yeah. This player. This player. I bet, I bet it was a bit... I mean, maybe we could go down this route. I bet it was a bit awkward in the bar afterwards. <laughs> yeah. so we want to uh, say what she did, but... Yes, yeah, so she plays for Cameroon, yeah. and they were playing Uganda. And um, did you watch that instead of Emma Raducanu? <laughs> T20. I, w- I, w- I would have done. T20 the, the, in the Botswana. Is, is, it's considered extremely bad form to run at the uh, batsman who's sort of backing up. It's called a man-cat, if you a don't man-cat, know. yeah. yeah. Uh, this woman did it four times. She did four man-cats. Duma. Four man-cats in a, in a game. Oh, I deal, really. Imagine it's that. It. Like, straight afterwards, yeah. they'd say to, uh, say to Cameroon... Um, oh no, no, they'd say to the opposition, they'd say to Uganda, you sticking around, sticking around for a pint <laughs> after four mancads, you can <laughs> off, you can imagine, can't you? Idea, the old really? captain, let me at him. I mean, that wouldn't go mm. down well. You sure we made some sandwiches? No, I don't want your sandwiches. You can stick your sandwiches, four mancads. Wouldn't have gone down well in the bar. And Brian May uh, decided to, he was uh, going to a wedding. He was, yeah. And he landed uh, his helicopter in the middle of a cricket match. Uh, stopped the match. and uh, I think they knew, though. We've looked into it. Oh, um, yeah, they knew Brian was they, coming. They knew Brian was coming, and they knew that uh, at some point he was going to be landing his helicopter. With that big white hair, they could have used him as a sight screen. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Honestly, Brian, get your hair cut, mate. They, okay, fair enough. Some wise words there from Andy Thank Jones. you very much. I thought we- appreciate that from me. The Brighton Marathon, one of our own, uh, Joe Amphlett, took part in the Brighton Marathon. You knew somebody that ran in it. Yeah. Uh, they had to run too far. It was 568 metres too long. Yeah, what about Which that? worth disappointing, really. And didn't somebody get caught on the line? Did somebody actually made a difference? Because... I'd have done that when Kipchoge was trying to break his record. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, All the planning that went into that, as we saw from the film. <laughs> that would be good. Um, how petty is your club yeah. rivalry? Uh, Martin Compton couldn't stand up for Joan uh, Collins at the mm. National TV Awards. Because they played simply the best Rangers anthem. He's a Celtic man. I'm an Ipswich fan, uh, and whilst changing a plug, I cannot touch the yellow-green earth lead with bare hands, only pliers, because of the uh, Norwich connotations. That's incredible. I will not eat a Ginster's pasty as the result of their allegiance with my team's local rivals, Plymouth Argyle, says wow. Steve in Exeter. I'm a Bournemouth-based Pompey fan. Every time I drive to Hampshire, Southampton postcode, I let out a boo. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, no, I'd like to say you're petty, yeah. Simon, but I do the same thing at Arsenal Station. It is pathetic, but, you know, that's what we do. Um, my dad, who's a massive Manchester United fan, used to hold his breath when he drove across the Mersey or underneath it. Um, I never picked Manchester. I think we did that one. And somebody here, who, this must happen a lot, tradesmen uh, working on jobs, being offered the, the a cup of tea and then the mug of a rival club, oh, one of the, the yeah. listeners here, an Arsenal man, was offered a Tottenham mug and then took it with him and smashed it outside the front door. That's not good. So anyway, <laughs> how petty is your club uh, rivalry? Do let us know this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH and J. Possibly the worst mm. of all, a man who is a Sunderland fan who's embarrassed. Mm. He said, if I see a magpie, the bird, not a Newcastle fan, I use inappropriate language. I give it a volley, give it a mouthful. <laughs> he swears at magpies. There's no point If he that. sees them. That's a Several letters to the press about Emma Raducanu. You'd yeah. expect that, wouldn't you? Uh, one from uh, the spec Matthew Mostyn wrote to the Times. Is it time for Murray Mount to be named Raducanu Ridge? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Fair she hasn't won Wimbledon yet. Uh, Emma Radicardo. Radic- <laughs> I can't even say it. She's the name, the name on, everybody's on everybody's lips. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Radicardo won the first set during the rendition of the first verse of William Blake's Jerusalem during the last night of the proms, says John Merritt, uh, writing to the Times. Oh, by, the further co- by further coincidence, she secured the match during the victory by her local team, Crystal Palace, over Spurs, as recorded on Match of the Day. Yeah. Um, I would say the the thing last night at the proms. Whenever I I know from a lot of people, they think, "Oh, last night at the proms." The first thing they think of is land of hope and glory. I always mm. think match of the day on half an hour later. Yes, yeah, that's, that's always the agree. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a late night. Last <laughs> night at the proms is on the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As we told you on Friday, 
uh, that the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships would go ahead mm. uh, this weekend, and we're delighted to say they did. They were cancelled last year, obviously, like a great many things because of the pandemic, but back this year and uh, a returning champion, apparently. Let's find out more about uh, what it is and uh, how it works. We'll be doing that very shortly. We're just awaiting our guest uh, in well, the It's a bit like discus, but with a black pudding, isn't it? Or shot put. Yes, well, I mean, the te- yeah, that's, see, this is the whole point, Andy. Yeah, you're you're, true, you're yeah. making things up, but the, the, the technique for a discus <laughs> and a shot put are quite different, aren't they? <laughs> well, they are. Let's speak to an expert. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chris again. Streatham uh, was the organiser of the World Black Pudding Throwing uh, Championships in uh, Ramsbottom. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, good afternoon, gents. You okay? Yeah, good, thank good, you. Thanks, yeah. Now, this event, we understand, is supposed to date back to 1455. Is wow. this true? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. I think it reinvented itself back in uh, 1836, I think it was. And then since uh, since then, I think it reinvented. It moved to Ramsbottom from a village called Stubbins mm-hmm. um, in about the early um, uh, 1980s. And it's been there ever since. Uh, yeah, it's got bigger and bigger as an event. It's really good now. Yeah, they say the tradition goes back to the War of the Roses, 1455 battle. Now, mm. these were quite violent times. So the idea that it was fought with black puddings is quite interesting. I take it it wasn't fought with black puddings, was it? This particular original battle. I don't believe so. I mean, <laughs> it's a bit of a local folklore that uh, apparently they ran out of uh, ammunition at one time and decided to start throwing food at each other. Right, okay. And uh, the Lancashire uh, soldiers probably threw black puddings in the Yorkshiremen through Yorkshire puddings. So uh, I think that's where the legend goes. Right. So what, what, are, the, yeah, what are the rules of this? I'm, I'm looking at Are they laws pictures. or rules? Maybe we should establish. Yeah. Do you have laws or rules, uh, Chris? I, I, I think would it have been such a long... Um, History in the uh, event, I believe it will be laws. It probably would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and no, you have to stand on a, you have a, a painted golden grid, uh, mm. which is uh, delivered by the mayor, which is put on uh, on the ground, and then you have to throw the, or lob, as they like to call it, uh, lob the pudding up uh, a tower, which is seven and a half metres tall, uh, when you've got a pile of uh, 12 Yorkshire puddings. And I believe it's uh, the Lancashire version of... Uh, the Lancashire Black Pudding knocking the Yorkshire Pudding off its tower. Um, mm. I think that's the uh, idea of it. So uh, the, the Lancashire may be to the Yorkshireman. Yes, so, I'm watching some now. Yeah, it's the nice-looking Yorkshire, though. Eh? The right, the right foot is put onto, as, as Chris was saying, like a, a, a golden grate. The hockey. The hockey, yeah, that's the gun. Then effect. they throw up It's like an underarm bowling yeah, it's not, technique. It's not what you think. It's not a distance thing. No, it? it's, it's not. It's, it's, I, I imagined it being an overarm yeah. sort of throw, like you were throwing from uh, you know in the outfield in cricket. But uh, it's a different technique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Underarm only. Um, yeah, and it's it's not as easy as it may, may think. Um, and I believe the, there must be a technique because the, the gent that won this year, he won in 2018. Um, mm. there's a lot, they come from all over Europe and all over the country for the event. I mean, we are the uh, we have the Oaks Pub. Me and my wife from the Oaks Pub, and there's a small music festival in the back. So it's quite a large event with mm. the Black Body. You know, it's a full day, and hundreds, well, quite a few thousand people turned up. At least today, it was very good. You couldn't get a double own. yellow line, though. I did. No I one could park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, we managed to shut the street just for the day. Yeah, good. That's good. But you couldn't get your own. You normally have people coming from all over the world to take part, but they, they couldn't this year, could they? So was it It was a local lad that won it, was it? Yeah. The, well, no, he was, um, there's a group that comes up from uh, from Wolverhampton, oh. and we know them. They've been in the uh, pub a few times now. They all come up quite, quite early and get the table, and they have numerous goals. And it must be practice that makes perfect. So, uh, but yeah, they have a really good day, and uh, yeah, they must they must have a, a, a secret technique. Who supplies the black puddings? <laughs> um, well, there's um, the it's sponsored by uh, Cantwell's um, uh, black puddings in in Berry, which uh, Berry Market, the famous Berry Market. Uh, they're available there. Also, uh, the pubs also support been supported by uh, the Berry Black Pudding Company, uh, and um, I believe. Um, I think and Bessie's provided the Yorkshire pudding so oh. yeah but everybody yeah, it's a very much community event everybody yeah. benefits from it there's lots of people and lots of organisations support it it's really good Andy you're not a fan of the black pudding are you? Well, not to eat it no I'm quite, quite happy to throw it at a Yorkshire pudding <laughs> I wonder if it's like the Duke's ball and the Kookaburra you know, it's like it has behaves do you think in a different it, be, it, just, oh, yeah. it behaves in a very different way I'm, yeah. more, of a, I'm more of a I mean yeah. the, the idea of black pudding is, is you know it's, 
not great, is it? Really? It's sensational, Andy. I, I know <laughs> this because when we when we go to Cheltenham or we go away on trips mm. and we get the cooked breakfast in this country, you shy away from I the do. black or the white pudding. I mean, just pig's blood. It's yeah. sensational. I'm a big fan. I'll take it. I take it. You are, Chris. You're a fan of the black pudding. Aren't you? I mean, no issues. You can't have a black pudding on a full English breakfast. Beautiful. Yeah. In the egg. Oh, but even though we each today we sold it with we uh, served it boiled black pudding with uh, nice. Uh, a mustard, beautiful, just for dipping. Oh, yeah. yeah, sounds uh, good. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, we're still today. It was very good. Andy's a very fussy eater, Chris. We're never going to turn him, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, well done. Pass on our congratulations to the winner, and we'll catch up with you next year. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks. Take care, guys. There we are, Chris Stratham there, one of the organisers of the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. Well done to everybody there. That's so, what I call sport. Yeah, yeah, well, there we are. I mean, we've, we've, it's a broad church, isn't it? One minute it's Emma Raducanu, <laughs> next minute it's uh, Black Puddings being thrown. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yes, we delve into that dusty old box of mini discs that was found when we moved to these new premises about 18 months ago. Our producer mm. digitises them for us on his old um, mini disc pile. Very nice. It's very do, Heath yeah. Robinson. But we get a collection of clips we haven't heard for years. 2005, these are from June 2005. We've not heard them since. And uh, so we look forward to them. Yeah, we'll these are on. as old, I think, as we've gone back. I think we probably are yeah. it's, it's, it's on a wax cylinder. We begin, as we so often have, with Mike Parry, who was clearly angling for a job as TalkSport's European football expert. How could you find a better candidate to run Real Madrid when old Wendelino Luxembourgo is not bringing the bacon home, is he? Wendelino. Wendelino Wendelino. Wendelino Luxembourgo, wasn't it? I think the old Brazil manager. Wendelino Luxembourgo. He's great. He should have been on Benidorm, Mike, definitely. (laughs) But thankfully, Mike's on a lot safer ground talking music. Here he is with Andy Townsend. Paul McKenney. Uh, yeah. And he's got Andrea Core. Oh, Andrea Core. You like your music, pal, don't you? Like your yeah. music. Go on in. What band's she in? Andrea Core. Yes. Uh, oh, I know that. I, uh, is it called Enya? Is it Enya, the band? <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? I think the clue's in the name Core, isn't it, Mike, really? Um, this is Alan Brazil and Graham Beecroft on Breakfast, and Alan had a bizarre question for Beaky. Now, Batman, so. I'm a big Batman fan, I Are have you? to say. Well, well, I thought the TV series... Would you, that, you, would, would, you, would, you, would you not Batman up? Well, <laughs> you what? Would you knock Batman up? Or maybe that means something different in Scotland. I don't know. I don't know what they make of that in America. Uh, anyway, keep broadcasting, Andy. Sticking with Big Al, I'm shocked. Here he is introducing a guest. And let's say a very good morning to Ipsy's Town Chairman, David Sheepshanks. David, very good morning to you. Good morning, Alan. David, I've got to ask the question, why, 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 why have we got to sell our best players, David? I thought you were going to sing Delilah then, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why, why? Yeah. Uh, what's next, David? These days we would have put that to a bit of music. I think but, we would. You know. Here's uh, Ian Collins now taking a call on the subject of what you'd found in your garage. John is in Lakeside. Hello, John. Hello, Ian. Hi, yeah. yeah. You were talking about going in the garage. That's exactly where I went. Did you really? I what did. did you find in there? I found in, in there Sonny Boy Williamson. Really? <laughs> we died in about 1960-odd, didn't we? I would imagine. The old blues singer. There, were they? What about that? That's all right, really. That's very strange that he was in your garage, mate. That's very strange. Yeah. Uh, Mike Parry now introducing the travel, and something tells me he couldn't remember the name of the travel reporter. Talk sport, traffic and travel, brought to you by Wildbean Cafe at BP Connect. Gourmet on the go. Yes, and travel now, please, with... What's happening on the roads? <laughs> Is that their name? Beautifully. What's happening on the roads? She had it changed, yeah. <laughs> she was always destined to go into travel, but, uh, yeah, beautifully covered, I thought, there by Mike. Perfect, yeah, seamless. And when he got to the news bulletin, I don't think Mike could remember the name of the sports reader either. Talksport weather tonight, feeling fresher for most. Tomorrow, cloudy with rain in the north, dry and warm in the south. Oh, indeed, thank you very much indeed. And on to the sporting headlines. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Covers it well. Doesn't oh, it? yes. Yes, uh, he's back alongside Paul Breen Turner, welcoming a very special guest. On the subject of um, uh, sort of hotels and going out and keeping healthy, uh, have you ever been to Champneys Forest Mere Health Farm? Uh, I have an open invitation because the guy who runs it, great guy, big friend of myself and Mr. Brazil, will be mm. down to see him pretty soon. And he has some rather exclusive guests. Yes, there. he does. Let's welcome onto the show Stephen Perdue. Hi, Stephen. 
Right, Paul, I do it. <laughs> Obviously not that big a friend. <laughs> I not that big a friend. <laughs> Derek Parry. Oh, he's a great mate of mine. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's next, Andy? It's Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues taking a call. Howard, good morning. Hello, Howard. Good morning, Keith. Hello, I forgot, there. I forgot my question. <laughs> but can I ask you something? Yeah, go on. What do you do with your loose change? <laughs> I prefer his first question. <laughs> what do you do with your loose change? That's a great question, isn't it? Oh eight seven one seven. Double. Nobody has any change anymore. Yeah. I not go down that road. Yeah. Um, one last one from uh, Mr. Parry. Uh, this is him taking. Uh, sorry, talking. this is him talking about the great Tiger Woods. He's one of the most. He's one of the most famous men America have produced post-war. You know, he rates alongside Elvis Presley and Henry Ford in the annals of American culture. You know, he's like McDonald's. He's like a. You know, he's like a living hamburger. <laughs> Well, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> like quiet. a living hamburger. <laughs> Where'd you even go with that? What's next? It's back to Graham Beecroft alongside Alan Brazil telling us all about a talk sport competition. Now, here's a tip. Last time, Stanley Haddon from Bristol won our car auction in reverse for just £35.88. Pence. That was for a stunning Renault Cabriolet. Stanley Haddon, that sounds like a name Stan from. Uh, somewhere way up north, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Star Stanley, Stanley Haddon. That's right. From Accrington. Yeah, maybe, but he's from Bristol. <laughs> yeah, Accrington Stanley. <laughs> Obviously. Accrington Stanley Haddon, but he's from Bristol. <laughs> and finally, it's Big Al and Beaky reflecting on one of the great Hollywood movies, Jaws. 30 years, Beaky. Be scared. Do you remember this? I, it, was, it was frightening, though, wasn't it? I tell you, honestly. People were screaming. In fact, I've not seen a reaction to that in a in a movie theatre. I don't think ever. I really don't. I agree. And the the good thing about it was it was it was realistic to the point where you could exactly see that sort of reaction from a well, summer place like that. Can you? No, no problem. We haven't got a shark here. Um, sort of and and also, uh, uh, Richard, is it what's his name? Richard Dreyfus. Yes. The, and um, what's the other guy who's died now? Um, oh, the, the guy was name? on the bottle out. Yeah, yeah Robert Shaw. Yeah, Shaw. That's right. Yes, yeah, brilliant. Great Shaw. characters, yeah. weren't they? Very Great cool. characters. And when they're on the boat getting uh, drunk, and all of a sudden the, the boat's sinking, and you see the fin coming. Oh dear. Oh yes, that was uh, fantastic. <laughs> Quick email here. Uh, why is that Andrew Money has to be Scottish and not British? If that's the case, then Henman is English and Greg is Canadian. Surely, says Lee down in Devon. I'll oh, give us a break, Lee. <laughs> Could have dropped the music for that, couldn't you? More emails about the tennis uh, with the Jaws music. So they never got their own film um, program either, which is a surprise no, off the back very of that. Surprising, really. So there we are. There's some uh, uh, clips from uh, back in 2005, warts and all, unedited. We're not calling them gold; they are just pewter. So as long as that mini disc player holds up, we may have some more for you next week. So big hour back, I think this week. Yeah, Thursday it'd be great to see him. Yeah. Alan will be back on uh, Thursday. On Friday this week on breakfast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie Baker will be alongside me tomorrow and Thursday. But Andy, you're going to be back on Wednesday. You're now here for yes. three days yeah, a week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We're going to take Tim Vickery to task. That's right. Uh, Tim will be joining <laughs> us on Wednesday as always. But if you can join myself and Charlie from tomorrow, great. If not, podcasts will be available at around 4.30. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.